What's up, guys? Nolan Ruth here with another edition of the Nolan & Company Sports Podcast. Today is July 22nd. We are down to our final nine, I believe, days. No, eight days. Yes, no, nine. It's the 31st. Nine of July. Nine days of July. And then we're in August. Pow! We are seven months through this year. We are way more... We're getting... We're getting pretty close to the three-quarter mark of the year. Pretty much. And also, when we're looking at it, that means the start of August, which is the beginning of Texas high school football. And just football in general. Yeah. Two weeks, the Hall of Fame game will kick off. In Canton, Ohio. Not that anyone cares. I mean, it's if- kind of – okay, I'll put it like this. The Hall of Fame game is pretty nice. I mean, it's kind of like football spring training or whatnot. It's the start of football back in – the u.s so i think it, it, i always but, love the but they always game. give it like super bowl type coverage every single year well yeah because you it's like breakfast it's like you're really hungry for something it's like break fast that's why it's called that you know you haven't eaten all night and then it's like boom you have like bacon and eggs that's what it's like for football fans you haven't had football all summer now granted we've sustained and thrived off of baseball but now you're ready to get back into the football season because it's been a few months. I've never heard somebody compare the Hall of Fame game to breakfast. I mean, it's That's the same awesome. thing. It's the same thing with almost any sport. You do the same thing with baseball, same thing with football, NBA, not so much, but you know, there you go. Well, it's because you have the summer league all yeah, throughout basketball. Yeah. I am just Nolan because you can't handle the Ruth. Still going with it. It's still good. I it's mean, you, good. you can't get rid of it yet. It's still good. I went on a family trip. Uh, this past week, which is where we've been. We've both been on vacation, so that's yeah. why it's been so long since we recorded. But I, I said that. I said, I'm just Nolan. Like, just call me Nolan because you can't handle the roof. They all laughed. They yeah. loved it. Uh, the man sitting on my right is the real Blake T. Martin T. for Tragic that because today is the first show without a third, officially without a third member of our team. You Sorry, want to turn that phone, phone off, I'll turn Blake? the phone off. My bad. Okay, yeah. The real Seth Moorhead. William Edward Seth Moorhead has officially moved up to Flint, Michigan, and we miss him so. He's officially died. Don't don't give that any thought. He actually did die. I'm just kidding. No, no he didn't. What? Well, why is he not here then? Again, he's in Flint, Flint, Michigan. That's so what that's he wanted that's, you to think. That's, that's, that's what. That's, that's what. Equal to death. the government <laughs> killed him because they're like, oh, we're going to fool everybody by saying that he was in Flint, Michigan. I don't think the government cares about this show. No. That's what they want you to think. But anyway. again, he's in Flint, Michigan, so that's a sentence equal to death. So, yep. Seth, we love you, buddy, and we know you're hearing this. We miss you so. And Blake got just got his Th- gift. Go yeah. check out our, our social media because uh, Blake has been signed by the 1983 Tottenham Hotspur. Seth, thank you very much for that. I know you sent me a text. I figured you were probably going to give me a gift, but I really appreciate it a lot. Uh, I will probably be wearing it here very soon. And especially during soccer season. So, so obviously with a football-heavy intro, that means we got a football-heavy day. Yeah, definitely. Two, in two weeks, we got the Hall of Fame game. And Speculations already thrown out, thrown, being thrown around here in Texas. The hype is real here in Texas right now. We're hungry. We're ready for it. Mm-hmm. High school football is just around the corner. In a week and two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, two days. Two, start. two days start in a, here here in a week. Uh, Depending on where you are, uh, some some of them start a week early because they don't have spring ball. Yeah, college football will start the exact same week the high school starts, which is rare. It's typically a week after. Yeah, we'll take a break. We're going to talk CFL. It's been a while. I got a few things to talk about. 
Then we're going to talk NFL, a little speculation going on into that. Yeah. We'll talk some big names. We'll talk some headlines. We'll talk some money, mm-hmm. particularly on the side of the Cowboys, who their running back is thinking about staging a holdout, mm-hmm. which would be bad. Then we're going to take a break, and we're going to talk baseball to end the show, MLB uh, uh, updates, as well as we're going to recap the trips because you went to Chicago and caught your first Cubs game at Wrigley. Yes. And I went to Tennessee and saw their double-A affiliate, which was an experience that, believe me, doesn't compare to Wrigley. Yeah, but, but still. It was gorgeous. It was a great time. And I got a little golf story to tell you all as well. A very a very Cubs-heavy shell. So that's how this is going to look at And Blake has an unusual thing he's going to complain about in Martin's Minute, which I laughed at. And he said something that he won't say on the show. Maybe. No, you're not. Okay. Probably wouldn't be good. But we're gonna get started off in this. So if you're here in Texas, I've said this on the, I said this on the show last time around, which was way way early. It was the day before the Fourth of July when we had Mason on, Seth on for his last time, and we had our special guest Nick Marcantonio here. I talked about Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine because it hit shelves that week. Mm-hmm. I've had time to go through it. I've had time to look over it. Some of the stuff I can debate with. I feel like we can debate with it. Yeah. So we're going to break this down. Again, they're not paying us to say this, but if you have the means, go to Walmart, H-E-B, any local They sell grocery it pretty store, much anywhere. Any local grocery store. Go find it. Go to the book section and look for Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. You'll see a picture of Texas Longhorns quarterback Sam Ellinger on the cover. Uh, you open it up, and it'll have a, a high school co- a, a secondary cover right there. With uh, with players from both Duncanville and North Shore High, mm-hmm. that's a good segue going into Class Six A because we're going to break down and we got to do it quickly because we're on a bit of a time crunch today. We got to do this pretty quick. We're going to break down each classification, yeah. and we're going to do is I'm going to say who won the state title from each classification in each division, and because there is no realignment, that means everything is exactly the same scheduling wise. Yes. So we're going to we're going to debate whether or not. They can repeat, and we're going to speculate on this a little bit. And we're going to start in 6A with who we just talked about, North Shore. Yeah. Against Duncanville. And when we're looking at this, this is, I think, North Shore coming from Houston and that region, I think they have the best shot, hands down. Um, when we're looking at the northern region, more or less, like coming from DFW, you have to look at it whether Duncanville can repeat the run that they had or whether Allen will come back with a vengeance. Because Allen, I'm pretty sure, I mean, not just pretty sure, they're pretty mad about getting knocked off last time in the playoffs. They're hungry. Allen is usually the one who is lifting that trophy in December at the 6A state championship game. And we don't know uh, whether North Shore would have beaten Allen with that, but uh, I think that Allen's definitely hungry and think that they would have had that chance or at least, uh, you know, an opportunity to get that trophy uh, once again. So they're definitely a force to be reckoned with. Mm -hmm. Um, But North Shore, I didn't see a whole lot of changes when I read through it. So, I mean, who all did they lose again? Can you look at that? They lost not a lot of skill guys. Yeah. not A lot of their skill guys. I thought it was mostly O-line. O-line, which they lost. They lost a couple defenders as well. Yeah. Uh, which was key in that game against Duncanville. The defenses really had to step up towards the end of that game, yeah. which neither one did. It was a very offensive game. And that kind of proves the point. Now, the offensive line is important, but I think that North Shore will probably 
find some good people to replace that. Um, so I don't see a lot of things changing on the offense from that standpoint. But what I would be a little bit worried about with North Shore is their defense. Like you mentioned, you know, that was one of the things that really helped in that. Because, granted, it was a very back-and-forth game, that Duncanville-North Shore game. However, at the same time, a few stops can really help a team like, like that when you're looking at it. So I think that the biggest thing to look for is week one, North Shore is going to take on Katie, who is another state contender. Dave Campbell's has him at fifth overall in 6A. Yeah. Week one matchup between heavy powers like that will really tell us a lot about how this is going to look. Because come mm-hmm. come early December, late November, Katie's going to be right there, and they're going to be – on, they, Absolutely. They should be, anyway, on a hot run. They, sh- they should be just rolling through the playoffs until they reach somebody like North Shore or maybe Lake Travis, right? Yeah. And Lake Travis, Lake is, Travis another is another one that one. we need to look at, especially. with. I mean, just uh, obviously last season they didn't probably have as – I mean, they, they had a potential at getting to a state championship, but they fell short. Um, I feel like they're another team that you should probably look at. If we're looking at this, uh, the big picture of 6A, I think that's one that we need to definitely pay attention to. So as far as it goes, I think that I don't know if North Shore is going to win again. My money is either on, and this might sound a little bit different, I think my money's on Allen or maybe like Travis. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna do something special here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give the team that that is definitely being talked about, but that we haven't mentioned yet so far. Um, Converse Judson. This is this is for six A Division One. Converse Judson out of the San Antonio area had a great chance two years ago to make it to the state title. Uh, they they had a live broadcast game week one Fox Sports Southwest against yeah. Lake Travis. I think they ended up winning. Yeah. Um, playoff time, they actually lost to Lake Travis that year in the playoffs. So, but they're you know they're definitely a dark horse. Dave Campbell has them at twelfth. Um, uh, they finished twelve and one last year. They have seven re- returning starters on offense, but the, here's the kicker: they have one returning starter on the defensive side of the ball. So that's going to be interesting to look at that and South Lake Carroll. Mm-hmm. Keep your eyes on South Lake Carroll. They lost Will Bowers and T.J. McDaniel, their quarterback and running back duo that were tearing through teams left and right last year before they finally fell to Duncanville. Keep keep your eyes on them. Carroll's always a powerhouse, so, I mean, that's no surprise. For sure. Looking at Division Two now here's the difference between 6A and literally every other classification. 6A is the only one that is not pre-split into divisions. Mm-hmm. So there can be a lot of leeway depending on school enrollments. So, really, what we're talking right now is speculation. With that said... In Division Two, if the, that were the route they were to, uh, to go, Denton Geyer is a team you have to watch. Week one, they're going to be traveling to Alito to take on the defending state champions in 5A Division Two. Geyer is actually favored by four in this game. Yeah. They got their, I, I question that. Well, they got their great quarterback, Eli Stowers. They've had, they had a four-star prospect at defensive end who was injured last year. Last year's result, Alito shut him out 40 to nothing. I was and, at that and, game. And, and that's my point. See, I, I understand that all of the pundits will say, hey, this team has a lot of potential. Okay, that's great. But at the same time, we have Alito that's coming back with almost everybody. You have McClellan still. Not necessarily. Having to replace the starting five, the, the front five offensively. Yeah. That's killer. Yes. Having to replace a lot of guys in the secondary. Trey Owens is no longer there. Wyatt Harris is no longer there. 
Cole Ellison, who last year, um, he you know, he missed the back half of the season with an ACL injury, but was there against Geyer and just totally shut down Eli Stowers. Here's the thing I'm worried about is with those replacements that Lita has to have, Geyer is nine returning on offense and eight returning on defense. This is a Geyer team that's played with each other. They know what it's like. The chemistry is there. And if they come into Alito hot and with the mentality of we can easily come and come into Alito and get revenge from when they shut us out at home last year, that it's going to be a great it's going to be a great game. And I think Geyer will have a great year. They're in the same district and with South Lake Carroll yes. as, as well. And I see your point, and don't get me wrong. I think that that is a very that's a very high possibility. I'm not saying that's going to be the same shutout that Alito had last time, but to say that they're going to come to Alito uh, in Bearcat Country and face off against yes, not as good of a team maybe as last year. We don't know yet, but you're returning a lot of your skill players from Alito. You don't have as many on defense, and you don't have that front five. However, at the same time, I think with Buchanan at the helm at this point, you're going to have good players. Mm -hmm. Alito always produces good players. Like we've discussed, you could put a team in Willow Park and split it, you know, and you'd still be competing for a state championship Mm -hmm. because of the people who would come from Alito to go there. So that's my point. So Division II, the returning, uh, the defending state champion are the Longview Lobos, who you will be seeing week one when they take on the the Lufkin Panthers. Yes. Um, Returning Haynes King. Their quarterback, who just committed to AM. and Yeah. I think that's a good thing. They have. The for the Aggies. They have four returning starters on both offense and defense. Mm-hmm. So this is this is going to be a young team. A, a, team, yes. a team that hadn't hadn't really gotten experience in big games, especially going up against Lufkin. And I don't. And years. this is what my point is. I think Lufkin's hungry, and they have been dominant in East Texas for a long time. They haven't had quite the uh, impact as maybe, let's say, Longview has. But I feel like this Lufkin team is on the upswing. Uh, That being said, Longview is going to be a challenge for them, but I don't think this is the same Longview team that we saw last last year who was in the state championship. I I just don't see that. Um, I think that Longview – my my opinion is that Longview probably wins this game, but I don't know if they're going to run away with it like maybe some may think. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get moving. We went way over time just talking 6A, which is bad because we yep. have five more of these things to go through. Definitely. Class 5A, Division One, the Highland Park Scots are uh, the defending state champions. Yeah, and they don't t- have Chandler Morris anymore, their quarterback, I don't believe. Is he still there? I, they might. I think he is, actually. Okay, I was might be wrong. Let me flip through Dave Kim, my trusty, dusty Texas football Bible here. Oh, it's going to be past that. Hang on. Black vamp. I, I know. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> but uh, Highland Park, even regardless of that, uh, you, you look at that team last year and against the Shadow Creek Sharks. He is returning. He is returning. Okay. Well, and uh, how? I mean, I'll put it. Okay. Well, he had an okay game. I don't think that that state championship was necessarily won by him. Uh, unlike Jones was. How, well, it was how a team. F- well, well. Okay, I disagreed there because against Manville a couple of years ago. It really did take a team. That defense had to step up against Manville a couple of times. Well, and yeah. like Cade Sostad, his receiver, really came through late. In, I understand. As well. I, I get that. But at the same time, I think Jones had a better – I thought he was a better quarterback for Highland Park than Chandler Morris. Chandler Morris didn't really impress me that much. The defense really stepped up for that. His receivers made a few good plays. Um, that one in the end zone when he the uh, receiver went, yeah, went on the post route, mm-hmm. uh, he went up. And he made a wonderful catch on that. I mean, granted, 
you know, the throw was decent, but a lot of those plays that I saw that were being made by Highland Park's offense weren't necessarily Chandler Morris making just, uh, just you know, on-the-money throw, you know, throwing it through a window and uh, making just a spectacular play. Yeah. I think for the most part it was from their receivers and their defense who really stepped up in that. So the big question is is, is who they're going to end up playing. And it could be Richmond Foster, who, who Dave Campbell's favors, uh, or Alvin Shadow Creek again, who went into last year's state game with an overall his, historic school record of 15-0. and 0. Never lost yeah. a varsity. First year of varsity football, they go to the state championship with a 15-0 record. Yeah. It's an area with Manville and Alvin High, obviously. They're taking those players away from those areas, ultimately. Yes. And I think this is becoming the dominant football school. But Richmond Foster is an older school. A lot of these guys are have played together. Eight returning starters for Foster on, on offense, seven on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be a really great se- – I think it's going to be a great season for them. But if Highland Park can't get past Denton Ryan, that is the kicker. Be an issue. Denton Ryan – Seven returning stars on offense, six on defense. And l- let me give you the numbers for Holland Park, four on offense, six on defense. Yeah, that's going to be an issue. It, it is. And, you know, Denton Ryan beat themselves in that last semi- in last year's semifinal game. They're not – there's a team that's not going to make the same mistake. Yeah. No, They're going to want to step up and do it again. I agree. Ultimately, I'm going to say Holland Park will repeat and make it four in a row. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go that far. I think Foster – uh, I think they're, it's either them or Shadow Creek. Um, I could see Den Ryan, but I don't necessarily. It's hard to – it is it for somebody to four-peat, three-peat's okay. Four-peat is just – you have to have incredible mm-hmm. talent. And at that point, I, I just – I don't think they have the same team or might have the same team as they did last year. Frisco Lone Star is the dark horse to watch there. Always got great athletes coming out of Frisco ISD. Uh some, you know, some of those football guys either go to Lone Star or Reedy. Reedy we'll talk about here in a second. Division two, this is where I get upset with Dave Campbell's. Yeah. And Greg, Max, Matt, Ishmael, I love you all. What are you thinking? Yeah. They're overhyping Region 3 and, and 5A Division 2, in my opinion. Yes. A, 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 a division I know a lot about because my alma mater is from there, and I pay a lot of close attention to it. Fort Ben Marshall – is rated second here in Dave Campbell's. Alio is a defending champion. They're favored to do so again. Fort Ben Marshall, if you have any kind of complete team, at least from what I saw last year, you'll give them a run for their money or possibly beat them. We saw it against Huntsville. We saw it against Cal Allen. Cal Allen really almost beat them. Yeah, they did. It I was almost we Alito Cal Allen that. in the yeah. state championship game. You got to watch. You, you can't. Fort Ben Marshall had a few lucky breaks. I'll put it like that. And then we saw who was really the dominant team in well, that you division. Well, can't, you can't win off of speed alone. Mm-mm. Eventually, your strength, that you're, or rather lack thereof, is going to come back to bite you. And we saw how that worked out. Alito completely shut them down. And uh, I, I don't see it being any different this year. I don't. Marshall is definitely someone to watch. My dark horse here is Huntsville. I would agree. Because I mean, I they, saw they, almost, they almost beat them. Yeah. And, you know, six returning starters on offense, five on defense. It's a young squad. But I think the playmakers are there, and they're going to step up. The experience they have, especially because they really started you know, beating the crap out of a lot of teams late in the season, some of those younger guys got some varsity reps. Yeah. Not in the playoffs, because playoffs were kind of tight for Huntsville. But later in the season, some of those guys got you know, some good Absolutely. varsity reps. So I think they can rebound off of that. My Division Two pick is Alito 
repeating and getting the state record ninth state championship in school history. Moving on to Class 4A, Division 1. Now, this is one that we saw and kind of had a great idea of from the very beginning that Waco La Vega would win the state championship from last year, and they did. Yeah. They're the defending state champions. They faced a really good Liberty Hill team. Yeah. La Vega had the best run game, I would say, out of any team in the state, uh, other than maybe Quarrel. I mean, Jordan Whittington, when you look at that, when how, how good he did last year, I mean, it's hard to compare. But La Vega really had a ground-and-pound uh, approach to a lot of that, and, and, and it really – I mean, they were much more dominant when it came to that than Liberty Hill was. Carthage is the, is the team to watch here. Yes. Carthage is the one who's always here, knows what it's like, has been there, done that. Consistently in the playoffs every year. Or a state title game, mainly in a state yeah, title or game. State t- they, yeah. they, got, they got severely upset this past year by not going to the state title mm-hmm. game. Argyle, another team to watch. Not, not really in a state title game year in, year out, but they're always contenders. The Ar- they're always there Argyle, late in the playoffs. Argyle, uh, the Argyle Eagles are always – you know, the team to team to be in a lot of times in North Texas. And the team that you really came to have a soft spot for, Midlothian Heritage, is ranked fifth here. Yes. They're losing Landon Ledbetter. They lost Langston Anderson. Mm-hmm. But in Midlothian, it showed that they are the school that the football guys want to go to and play football at Heritage. Absolutely. That has really shown through the past couple of years. They set a precedent last year, and I think that they're going to keep building off of that with how well they did. And it, like you said, it's becoming the football school. Ultimately, my pick here is – I think, I think we're going to see Carthage win again. I think we're going to see Carthage dethrone Waco La Vega. Now, it's going to be tough. La Vega has eight returning starters on a very, very high-powered offense from last season. Do you not but think, defensively, yeah. they only have four. Do you not think that Liberty Hill have another shot at it, or no? Their numbers are three on offense, four on defense. Yeah. No. Okay. There Especially not with the wing T offense. I, I, yeah, and I agree with that. I would definitely – I'm not going to argue this one. I'll say Carthage. Last year's defending state champions in Division Two, Quero – Losing winning to have some That's rebuilding to do. Well, they lost a senior class that even yeah. from their freshman year was like, this is the class. Yeah. And it showed. They went in and they beat a good Texarkana Pleasant Grove team. Yeah. For sure. I don't see them doing it again. Four on offense, four on defense returning for Quero. That's hard. That's very hard. You got a lot of players to replace. Pleasant Grove is uh is the is the preseason favorite to take it. Um Jasper, a team that went twelve and one last year. Yeah. Not a team that we talked about often, if ever. Yeah. I don't think we ever did, actually. Deep East Texas team. We know from Newton, Lufkin, Longview, Tyler, mm-hmm. West Orange Stark from a few years ago, even though they're more southeast, right mm-hmm. on the Gulf. Yeah. East Texas has athletes. Mm-hmm. East Texas has guys that will produce and make plays when they need to. Yes. Can Jasper come in and take that throne? I'm going to say yes, probably. I'm going to say yes as well. I don't like the way Texas Canada Pleasant Grove runs their offense. No. I'm an I'm an offensive minded guy, and I can't stand that offense. Great team, great athletes in Texas Canada that are all shifting over to Pleasant Grove now. In my opinion, Texas Canada Pleasant Grove would be a great team to run the spread. They just don't, mm-hmm. and unless they start airing it out a little more, I think Jasper would would come and dethrone them, mm-hmm. or not well not dethrone. They didn't have the throne in the first place. Yeah, they did two years ago, but Quero. Quero dethroned it. Looking at 3A now. Grandview and Malakoff are easily the first two favorites. I'm going to go with Grandview, you considering got, how... Well, so let's think about this. You got Brock in Region 1. But Brock's losing some guys. You got Yoakum out of Region 4. Yeah. 
who's all, who's been there typically, right? They should have been there two years ago when they got upset by Rockdale. Yeah. Ultimately, it comes down to who knows each other more. That Grandview team that you you didn't see, unfortunately, you you were yeah, out that day. Yeah, I was day. out that day. Young, young sophomores made up their core. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Dane oh, Yinch, but that's great game. See, if you have a team that's like that, and you know they're that young and they're doing that well, I don't see that getting beat anytime soon. My ultimate pick is is I'm going to go with Malakoff. I'm going to say get Malakoff over Grandview. Okay, because they had Grandview. the athletes. Yeah, Malakoff had the athletes. They had the game plan. They made it work late, but Grandview just was a little too much. I like to see Malakoff get revenge here. I'm probably going to go with Grandview. I mean, it would be neat if Malakoff did, but I, I'm going to say Grandview over this. In Division Two, you got Newton, who we can expect to be right back there, mm-hmm. even with the loss of their coach. Yes. It's going to be an emotional year for them. For Dominant sure. win, by the way. Yes. It's going to be a very, very emotional year for Newton. Canadian's going to be right back up there. Mm-hmm. Good fight in them in the state title game against Newton. Great team. For whatever reason, that's always the West Texas town that is producing everybody. Yeah. Canadian, for whatever reason. However, I think Newton's a little too much. I think Newton three-peats. Yeah, I would, I would say so. At the same time, you got Gunner. Mm-hmm. And you have East Bernard. East Bernard, who's been here. Yeah. Gunner, who's been there and done that. I would have, yeah. It's going to be it's going to be close. I'm going to go with and, and, I'll go with Canadian. And, and, I think Canadian has the best shot. When you're looking at that West Texas division, like you said, they're producing players, they're producing I mean, really good athletes when we look at this. I have to go with Canadian in this division. And two way. We'll do this, we'll do six man, then we'll head out of here. Mason are the returning are the defending state champions. Yeah. Great team. Mason's always here. They lost a lot. Yes. And that's a, that's a big deal. I mean, when we're looking at some of these small towns or whatnot competing with it, I mean, when they go to compete with one another, it's not the same thing as having a 6A school because you have so many good athletes in that pool to pick from that you can insert a bunch of people, especially if you have a good coach. In those small towns, you have barely anybody. Mm-hmm. So if you lose some starters and big-name players – it's a death nail for you for a while because you either have to get new people or you're waiting on younger players to start coming into their own. Refurio out of South Texas, a town that was devastated by the hurricane a couple years ago, yeah. made it to state, lost to Mart, mm-hmm. but we know Mart very well. And they beat the crap out of him. Yes. Refurio is, is always here again. And they not only have they done it at the 2A level, they've done it at the 3A level too. Yes. And those guys that they that, – Man, it seems like some of those some of those guys are just growing on trees. How how Refurio gets these guys year in year out, I don't know, because mm-hmm. they're in a pretty secluded area. Yeah. Ultimately, and you got San Saba, San Saba, who last last mm-hmm. season made made a deep playoff run, and we were yeah. talking about it a little bit. A Central Texas team that really has has some potential. New Deal lost a lot, mm-hmm. but I think they could be back. They have a great squad. They had one last year as well. Yeah, made it to the state title game. San Augustine Shiner. Shiner, you, you never really know what's going to come out of Shiner, for, nope. uh, for sure. Uh, 11-2 and two last year. Good season. Very respectable. Definitely. Um, that's, what, two rounds deep? Yeah, two, round, two rounds deep. No, three okay. rounds deep. That's three rounds deep in the playoffs. Okay. Nine and one in the regular season. Yep, that's, that's three rounds deep in the playoffs. Yeah. They, they can definitely be in there for sure. Um, 
Shiner, I think for sure, can definitely make some noise. Ultimately, though, um, I don't, I don't, I don't see him making it past three rounds deep. Though, again, I, I personally don't. Dave Campbell's doesn't either. It could go either way because you never, again, you never really know it's going to come out Shiner. Yeah, we're about to be cut off from anchor. We need to do this quickly. Division two, Mart, Mart, Mart. I would agree. I mean, you don't have anybody else really. And then they're returning so many people. It's Fall, not even Falls, funny. Falls City could make a good. Uh, Make a good case. Hamlin, the Pied Pipers, who I'd really like to see in December. I'd love That'd to see funny. the Pied Pipers play in Arlington. Um, again, though, Mart is just so overpowering. Now, they lost so much. Three on either side of the ball, returning starters from Mart. Yeah. Um, but those guys are quick. They're strong. They could – I mean, I think some, I think they, they train those guys from middle school on mm-hmm. to do to do what they do. And then looking at, uh, at six-man, this is going to get a little tricky, but we only got so much time left before Anchor cuts us off because we're almost a half hour into the show. Um, Milford, McLean, again, at the top, I, I think. Milford, I, I'd say I, Milford. I, I, see, I see Milford as well. Um, McLean has lost a little bit, um, which is saying a lot. I'm sorry. Ben Crockett. They, they really haven't, actually, because in six-man, you got you got four, and then you got five returning starters. That, that's almost your entire squad. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, a lot of those guys play both ways. And then McLean, uh, two, then three, but I, I think McLean – with the speed and with the power they have, I think again six man is a tricky game. It's hard to call. And Division Two, Strawn could go again and three peat, but I think the Jayton Jaybirds have this have the squad to knock him off. Jayton has been coming on real strong lately, and Strawn has two returning starters both sides. Jayton has five on offense and four on. I'm going to go with Jayton probably in this. Anyways, we that- got we got to get going. We're gonna we're gonna cut. We're not taking an official break. We're gonna cut because we're about to get cut off here in about 20 seconds, and then we're gonna talk some college football. All right, here we go. So college football, Blake, uh, and we want to shoot this pretty fast because we went well, well over time. We used up half our show there just talking high school football. SEC, what do you see out of this year? I see out of this year, you're looking at both Eastern and Western divisions. Out of the Western division, I think a and going to have a hard year. Obviously, they're returning Killen Mond, a few other people, uh, such as uh, Rodgers is one of their best wide receivers. Um, you know, they're losing some guys like Williams uh, on defense. They have a pretty decent team. Um, I see AM probably going second, uh, though it's going to be hard for them because you're looking, they're playing LSU in Death Valley. That's going to be a tough game. Alabama is obviously always a tough game. Uh, they're going to be, I'm going to, me and Mason are going to be watching them at Kyle Field. Um, you have Auburn. Uh, the ones I see are LSU, Auburn, and Alabama. Maybe Ole Miss, but I see them losing three games. So that puts them either in second or third place in the SEC. Uh, SEC West. I see Alabama winning the uh, division as well as winning the SEC as always. Nick Saban always has a team together. Uh, they're returning a lot of people on Alabama. Uh, and I see LSU having a good defense along with the fact that uh, they're going to be, I think they were ranked very high this past season and AM knocking them off in that uh, seven overtime game really pissed them off because mm-hmm. they had a good shot. Oh yeah. Um, so I feel like they're going to come back with uh, vengeance. Georgia in the East is going to be a big team as well. Um, I see that them winning, but I also can see Kentucky coming up uh, as they had a pretty good season, a very good season by Kentucky standards in football last year. So oh, yeah. I can see either Kentucky on the upswing, but I'm going to play it safe and go with Georgia. In the end, I see Alabama winning the SEC again. I'm going to agree. Uh, Georgia has been has really been bringing in these strong prospects, and they've been building the team that they want to see for the past few years. Haven't quite gotten over the hump of, of beating Alabama in the, in the SEC title game yet. Mm-hmm. Auburn, every other year, can give Alabama a good run. 
could could scare some scare some teams for sure. Uh, they haven't really been there um, of, of recent years for what um, you know. I, I think that all those athletes are really preferring to go to Alabama now. Yeah, for whatever reason, a lot of people don't like Auburn. Um, and, and I'm gonna agree. I think Tua Tua Tagovailoa is gonna have a great year. Yeah. Um, you know, returning from the you know he had the injury and the uh, and the SEC championship game last year. Re- rebound uh, rebounds. Goes to play in the playoff against Oklahoma. Has a great game. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of the season you're going to see from Tagovailoa is going to look exactly like that semifinal against Oklahoma did. I think he's going to have a really, really solid year. Yes. <clears throat> ACC, what do you see? ACC, I see Clemson. There's no doubt about it. Dabo Sweeney has a just extremely good team. He's prepared those Clemson Tigers to a point where I really don't see anybody upsetting them. Um, we can talk about... Maybe some other teams. Obviously, I don't see Duke doing anything. Um, but the ACC has kind of become a wasteland. I mean, you have Boston Florida College. State. Boston College gave them a great run last year. Yes, but Boston College the rest of the year didn't have that great of a year. They they came out like gangbusters against Clemson, but they lost to a lot of teams they probably shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones that I'm going to look at and say these teams are going to be solid, I think Florida State has a good shot, but I don't see them doing as well. I say Clemson – is going to be in contention for a national championship again. I see them in the college football playoff at the least. Um, but I, the teams that I could see are Boston College, Florida State, uh, are the ones that out of the ACC, I could see them giving Clemson sort of a run for their money. But at the end of the day, being realistic, I think uh, Dabo is going to have just that team just just running on all – uh, engines when it comes to that. I agree again. Uh, you know, th- this is an ACC that l- was totally lackluster last year. As a matter of fact, we even talked, um, you know, West Virginia leaving the Big 12 to go to the ACC and immediately competing. Yeah. Um, uh, this is not a conference that has produced a lot of dominant teams no. recently other than Clemson. Florida State was really the last notable one when they won the state title against uh, – state national title against Auburn yes. in the last BCS mm-hmm. uh championship game with Jameis Winston exactly um it's been a long time since we've seen anybody come out of the ACC other than Clemson I don't see that changing I think they got the players I think they got the coach uh everything has fallen into place for Clemson to win uh, the national championship yet again yeah big 10 big 10 it's going to be I think you still have a lot of uh controversy over the whole Urban Meyer thing and whatnot I feel like that might hurt Ohio State but in the end I probably see Ohio State uh going to a championship, you can maybe make the case case for Michigan or maybe Michigan State, um, as well as Penn State. But when we're looking at a team that's really dominant out of these conferences, like you can say, I mean, probably a few years ago you would have said out of the ACC, Florida State, uh, and Alabama's always at one. Right now, it's kind of it shifts power a lot of times in the Big Ten, uh, but. Looking at Ohio State, looking at the team that they have, obviously last year was not the outcome that they wanted. Mm -hmm. But I see that either them or Michigan State having a good shot at that Big Ten championship. I'm going to agree with you there. And I think that that, that, uh, just the cesspool of stuff that's swirling around Ohio State right now uh, is going to – is really going to eat him up, similar to the way that it did Baylor with that yeah. whole Art Bryles thing. Yeah. Um, but but the not, thing not about exactly it, the same because yeah. they've always been a power. Baylor was like up and coming, and then all this stuff came. But but the deal with it is is what we see is um, 
by the way, Baylor, former Baylor head coach Art Bryles is now at Mount Vernon. Uh, as we'll talk about that. We'll later. talk about that later. But um, the difference between that is Ohio State, they didn't fold like Baylor did. Ohio State still had a pretty good year. Despite all that stuff going on, it's not like they went like only won one game. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were in contention there for a while. And you have to put that into perspective. I think that once this year's kind of behind them with the whole Urban Meyer controversy, I feel like now you have that, you know, okay, we're going to prove them wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's something, that's a little extra fuel that they might have. But that's my opinion on the Big Ten. I think that that this is Michigan's year. I think that that all the things are falling into place. I think that Ohio State is going to be sluggish. I think that they're going to have kind of an off year because of everything that's going on. Uh, again, if, it, if it's not Michigan, this is the perfect time for Michigan State or Penn State to step up and make something happen. Yeah, I think this is Michigan's year, though, to win the Big Ten and possibly find themselves in a playoff position. I would say so. Big 12, who you got? Big 12 is a little bit harder. Uh, Sam Ellinger uh, is obviously a good quarterback, but now transferring from Alabama to Oklahoma, you have hurts. Mm-hmm. And I think that – I feel like with him there, that adds an extra um, an extra um, place on for what Kyler Murray, the big exactly. void that was yes. there. It, it's scary because it's scary for anybody else in the Big 12 because Oklahoma can run the type of offense they want to run. Yeah. You know, who knows what quarterback they would have had. Most likely uh, – uh, oh, shoot, what was that guy's – I forgot the guy's name. Um, and then you had the young guy, Tanner Mordecai, out of Waco Midway a couple of yes. years ago who could have – Neither one of them could have run that offense the same way Baker Mayfield and then Kyler Murray did. They Jalen Hurts moves to Oklahoma, and now they have a guy who could run who they can run the offense they have and have grown comfortable with the past few years with Jalen Hurts. And it is you know, that that's scary for Texas because the way this year was looking before Hurts before Hurts mm-hmm. got here, I bet a lot of Texas fans were like, Hey, we're gonna get them in the Big Twelve championship yeah. this year. I however, at the same time, if I'm Oklahoma, I wouldn't get too cocky. Because Tom Tom Herman is building a team now. I think that out of a, out of Texas, the team that's most dominant right now is still A and M and recruiting. But I think Tom Herman is making a case for people to come to Austin. Whereas, let's say Charlie Strong or even Mac Brown in his later years uh, didn't really make that case. And I feel like uh, when we're looking at that team. Tom Herman is really doing a good job to get that Texas brand back. Now, is that the now does that like make it to where that they just start beating everybody again? No. I mean, obviously Oklahoma has been dominant for just the past probably 10 years in the Big 12 since Texas went to that last national championship. It's been almost all Oklahoma. I feel like they're probably going to win the championship again, but uh, probably a dark horse in this is Gary Patterson at TCU. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they had a bad year last year in the Cheez-It Bowl. Worst game ever. Yeah. But, you know, you have – it's still – Fort Worth is still a good place for a defensive player to come since Gary Patterson has been here for over 20 years. I mean, I, I feel like you can't count them out at this point. Teams I know they're probably not going to be in it. Baylor is one of them. Kansas, not so much. But, I mean – Iowa State could, could- – Iowa State could also could raise some eyebrows. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, I, I think the most realistic approach is probably going to be Oklahoma again. But uh, it, it's not like a foregone conclusion like, let's say, an Alabama or a Clemson winning their conferences. I think that you need to watch out for Texas, TCU, maybe even Iowa State. Who knows? I agree. 
I, I agree. I think this is. I think Oklahoma is making a strong case here. It is, and again, they can run the offense they want to with Hurts and really not change a lot. Yeah. Um, you know what that brings in years to come. We'll see. But uh, you know, ultimately, this this looks like a. This is going to be a fun year in the Big Twelve, and in, in my the way I see it. Yes. There's, I think there's going to be a lot of shifting around. There's going to be quite a few upsets, quite a few games that you're like, oh, what you know, we had that team all wrong. I think there's going to be there's going to be quite a bit of that, but ultimately, I, I, I can see Oklahoma lifting that trophy again up in Arlington again. I could definitely see that as well. And then, last but not least, we'll, we'll do Power Five this week, and we'll do non Power Five next week. Pac twelve, who you got? Okay, UCLA. I think has a eh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be Washington. Always has a good team, um, and it's hard to tell. The what, problem with the Pac twelve is there's so much parity in that conference that you really don't know yeah. who's going to come out of the, there. The problem year. with the Pac twelve is it's almost all offensive, and that's why you have great quarterbacks come out of there. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you have Jared Goff, you have Aaron Rodgers coming out of there. I mean, Troy Aikman came from UCLA after he transferred yeah. from Oklahoma. His, historically, the Pac twelve, the Pac twelve, yeah. and Pac ten back in those days. Yeah. Always produced a lot of great quarterbacks for and, sure. And, and Marcus I think, Mariota. Yeah, Mariota is definitely one from Oregon. I don't see Oregon coming back. I, they don't have near the team that they did, let's say, five years ago. Uh, they, they've always been an offensive heavy team, but that's their biggest problem. Is they don't have. They used to have an offense, and they lose in a championship game because they would just you know get shut down by a good defense. But they don't have an offense, and they don't have a defense as well right now. So Oregon, I think, is out of it. I think that leaves USC, UCLA with the filling that potential void at this point. I don't see Cal winning anything. Um, but I think the teams you need to watch are USC, UCLA, and Washington State. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not Washington State, but Washington. Uh, those are the ones that I would look out for if I was in the Pac-12. I agree. Um, I, I got a strong feeling coming from Arizona. Arizona's yeah. been there the past couple of years. What about years? Arizona been- State, maybe? Probably not Arizona State. Okay. Um, I, I think Herm Edwards needs a little bit more time before he can really gel that program into something he wants it to be. Yeah. But I, but I get a strong vibe coming out of Arizona. They've, you know, they've been in the top ten consistently for the past couple of years. Yeah. I think that Arizona is going to have a strong case this year. Probably not a playoff team, but I think that Arizona will definitely have a team uh, to reckon with. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk uh, the two greatest professional leagues. Yes. And uh, in the North West Hemisphere, you're gonna say the Canadian Football League and the National Football League. Okay, at least you put that in this time. Well, one is better than the other, and everyone knows what I'm gonna say is better. It's the NFL, of course. Anyways, that's not what see I see after say. the commercial. Break. We'll be right back on the Nolan and Company Sports Podcast. Welcome back to the Nolan and Company Sports Podcast. I'm just Nolan because you can handle the roof. That's the real Blake Tragic Martin. It sounds and so sad. <laughs> And we're gonna we're gonna swap it here. We're gonna talk NFL before we talk CFL because Blake and I were just talking in our 15 second break yeah. about this headline that we want to cover real quick. Yeah. So coming out of the NFL, yeah. you can leave this in if you okay. want. Okay. So uh, the biggest one coming out of the NFL, we obviously have training camp coming up here in like a week, and then the Hall of Fame game after that. But the biggest news coming from our local team, the uh, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, is. A little issue with Ezekiel Elliott, who is holding out right now on his contract when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. So uh, what, we, what we're talking about essentially is the initial contract is pretty stupid. When you're wasting a four, uh, fourth overall draft pick on somebody who really impacts his team. I would say Ezekiel Elliott impacts his team more than Dak Prescott. 
more than uh, Demarcus Lawrence on the defense, more than Amari Cooper. I would say, and uh, more than Van Der Esch. I think he is the person who makes the Dallas Cowboys right now. Uh, and I'd say, you know, obviously you take the offensive line, but without the run game, Dak Prescott doesn't doesn't throw touchdowns. Amari Cooper doesn't get it because the deal with it is is the difference between, like I've said before on this show, Tony Romo, who could carry an offense, Dak Prescott is much more of a system quarterback. So he's going to, you know, hand the ball off. He's going to throw. He's not the guy who's going to make a big play or the guy you're going to depend upon. You need somebody who is a dominant player like Ezekiel Elliott to take that reign and to run the ball. Obviously, Amari Cooper, I think, is one of the best receivers in the league. But if you get rid of Elliott, you're, you're done. You're done. You don't have another running back at this point who can fill that much of a void. And I think if you do that, Cowboys are going to be bad for a long time unless you can get somebody of that caliber. And I don't think anybody really in the NFL, you can maybe try and get some other person, but there aren't very many few people who are as good or better than Ezekiel Elliott at this point in the NFL. I agree to a point. Um, I think I think the way he's taking this is kind of fair because they took him of the fourth overall draft pick. There's a lot of hype around him. He's the best run. He's honestly the best running back we've seen here since Emmett Smith. I would agree. Um, and you know the the fact that you know that it's coming out that they're going to want to pay Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper before they pay Ezekiel Elliott. That's stupid. I would be upset that if I were so, him too. That is so dumb. And especially the way they drafted running backs this past mm-hmm. draft. They drafted two of them almost like they were lobbying for his replacement when he leaves because they're not going to pay him. Yeah. Right? And, look, you, there's, so, there's so much that, it, that you can do within a salary cap. Um, you, you know, because if you don't have the offensive line or if you don't have the defense to back that offense up, what do you got? You got, yeah. a, you got a 4-12 and 12 team pretty much. Yeah. I'll put it like this. Best. Yeah, I'll put it like this. The problem with it is, is – there's no doubt about it that I would pay Ezekiel Elliott first, but that leaves you with who do you want to lose, Dak Prescott or Amari Cooper? And that's the thing. I've heard so many people say they need to get rid of Prescott, but the thing is, is like, and I've said it several times on the show, why would you do that to yourself? Look at the Browns. They finally got Baker Mayfield, but since that new expansion team got here, they were looking for a quarterback for years, never yeah. really got one. It's the same with the Houston Texans. They were expansion in 2002. Deshaun Watson, maybe we'll see. Who knows but, what but happens here, in the here's, future? Here's the problem, and I, I don't. I'm not advocating for getting rid of Dak Prescott, but we have to ask ourselves: How big of an impact is Dak Prescott compared to, let's say, Amari Cooper or Ezekiel Elliott? Yes, he's above average. He's not like, let's say, a Brian Hoyer of a quarterback, but Dak Prescott is not an elite quarterback. When you think of this, is an elite person. Uh, we we have to see. I don't think uh, the problem with it is, is you have nobody to replace him at this point. That's the only reason why. If you had another guy behind him who maybe have, let's say, like an Aaron Rodgers and a Brett Favre transition, but you don't have anybody really to replace Dak Prescott at this point. Yeah. And that's my point is if it's between Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, take an Ezekiel Elliott any day of the week. Now, when it's between Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott, obviously you don't want to lose Amari Cooper, but you don't, and, and if you get rid of him, you there becomes a problem again, but it's how big of a problem is it made between the two of it? If you get rid of Dak Prescott, you have nobody who can really run the offense and your year is completely thrown away. If you have Dak Prescott, maybe he doesn't do as well as let's say somebody else in the league, but he still has a chance of making the playoffs with Dak. Exactly. Prescott. Exactly. And, and 
it comes down to, in my mind, it comes down to who's more valuable. With Amari Cooper, you traded one, you traded a first round pick to Oakland to get him, and he made an immediate impact. You drafted Ezekiel Elliott fourth overall in the draft a few years ago. Dak Prescott, you drafted in the fourth round, and when Romo got hurt, this guy just came in and immediately started playing very well. Yeah. And then immediately you thought this is the quarterback of the future. Yeah. And not to say that he's not, again, who knows what this next season is going to hold, right? We're, yeah. we're too close to this next season where I can't really say much about it because now I just, you know, what's done is done as far as free agency and yeah. re-signings go. You we're just going to have to at see At the it. Cowboy, if I'd say earlier in the year, I'd say, yeah, get rid of Prescott. At this point, you can't really do anything. There's not – and you can make that bet. You can, you can say, hey, we're just throwing away the season. We're trying to do a rebuilding year. We're getting rid of Prescott to maybe see if we can get somebody later on. But I feel like at this point there's nothing you can do. And I feel like if you made that move, you're going to have a lot of backlash, and it's not going to be popular. Blake, why don't you tell the good people about our good friends out in Fort Worth, Texas? Well, if you haven't heard already to our show, our good friends at Fleet Screen sponsor this show. Fleet Screen is a drug testing company and background check company out of the great city of Fort Worth, Texas. Um, a few things that they do is obviously drug testing for athletes. If you have an athlete who is in question, please go over and visit our friends at Fleet Screen. As well as if you are a business who is hiring, they can run background checks on any employees that you might have uh, questioning. Um, obviously, we know that being a coach or a business owner is very stressful, uh, so you want to make sure that you are getting the best uh, that you have either paid for or the best for your team. So if that ever comes into question, go uh, go and look at our good friends at Fleet Screen for any of your drug testing and background check needs. Fleet Screen is a great company, and we're so happy for them to sponsor us. Moving on. We're going to quick hit this because I have three weeks of stuff to cover. And I'm not going to do it in the amount of time I have. Yes. CFL. I've missed three weeks. Last time I talked about it, we were going into week four. Yes. Two, the past two weeks, you were on vacation and then I was on vacation last week. We haven't really talked about it. So I have a lot of ground to cover, but I don't have much time to do it. So I'm just going to go off of standings. I'm going to tell you what's been going on. In the West, Winnipeg is number one, and boy, has this team made statement after statement. Matt Nichols, at quarterback, is one of the best they've seen in the, in their franchise's history, and I think for sure the Blue Bombers can make a very, very big impact here. They're 5-0 and through five games uh, so far. They've scored 169 points and only given up 80. This is a defense that backs how good their offense actually is, and I, and I think for sure. Now, they're in a tough division because Calgary's right behind them on the tails. Calgary's at 3-2. and two, and Bo Levi Mitchell's hurt, so Calgary's without one of their one of their big pieces, one of the bigger pieces they have. And they had a close win against Toronto, who is absolutely terrible this year. Because of that, they don't look like the usual Calgary team, but they really didn't even beforehand. Um, they scored 150 points, given up 120. This is a defense that they kind of lost a little bit in free agency. And it shows they're not really showing up to play as much as as well as they did last year, especially last year in the playoffs. Calgary's really got to pick something up and they really, really are missing Bo Levi Mitchell right now. And I think that when he gets back on the field, I think it'll be another turnaround. I think Winnipeg and Calgary will duke it out for who gets the first seed in the Western Division. Go down one more in third place. You look at Edmonton. Trevor Harris has looked great. He has for sure. They're sitting at three and two. They're, they're actually tied for second right now at Calgary. A lot of that is on Trevor Harris, for sure. 
He has really, really shown up to play after uh, moving from Ottawa this past uh, this past free agent period. Um, you know, Edmonton. There were a lot of questions because Edmonton was losing Mike Riley, who was their longtime quarterback. But and then Trevor Harris comes in, and he looks like the guy who could be Edmonton's future for the next few years for sure, and possibly get the Eskimos to the Great Cup. Um, I, I like I like Edmonton right now. Um, I like Winnipeg to, to take the division, if I were just to say it right now. But I like Edmonton to finish second right there, and Edmonton possibly to end up maybe getting to the Great Cup. Who knows? At four and fourth, you got Saskatchewan, two and three. Had a great year last year. Everyone thought they could make it to the to the Great Cup. They fall in the playoffs. They just have not had the same team that they had last year. It's really been kind of a lackluster year for them. Um, you know, their point differential is plus two. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it. Their record is below five hundred, but they're playing five hundred football right now. Yeah. They're 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 not doing as as well as as uh, anyone would have thought. And then at the bottom right there, you got British Columbia, who got Mike Riley from free agency from Edmonton. Everyone's getting like, oh, we got Mike Riley, one of the We've best one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. One in five. Yeah, that's not that good. And their one win is away. It is away from home. I mean, that is way going under expectations. That, I mean, I, I think that's a lot of a lot of times you see that with a lot of quarterbacks. You'll go in with such high expectations for that person, and then they turn out to be a dud. Um, I, I just, you know, I, and and sometimes they'll do great, but in this case scenario, that that's not you're not getting your money's worth out of Mike Riley right now. Looking at the East. This has been a little different than what we thought. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we had questions with Ottawa because, obviously, losing Trevor Harris yes. in free agency. Um, they're sitting at third right now at two and three. Mm-hmm. Through five games, okay. Yeah. Okay. Still yet to see that breakthrough win that really, really defines the season and or really bad loss that would define the season. Still to see that. Mm-hmm. This is a team that can still turn it around. The season's young. We're a quarter of the way through at this point. Yeah. But it's looking like Ottawa does, just does not have the team. Who does is Montreal, and that is surprising because they finished second from last last year overall mm-hmm. last year. They're sitting at three and two. They're, they're, they're kind of taking that second-place seed that Hamilton had last year, and Hamilton has taken over that first-place seed. They're four and one right now, and that's uh, two and one in the division. They've, they've played uh, – they played two games against teams from the from the West. Hamilton looks like the favorite, and Jeremiah Masoli is their quarterback. He's really he really led them on strong in the playoffs last year. Um, I think that Hamilton will be the one to, out of the East to really really give the East their best hope of getting somebody to the Grey Cup. Yeah. Um, you know they had they really had a great team last year, and I and I was surprised by that in all honesty. But they're really really carrying that over. From this past season, and they got lowly, lowly Toronto right there, who's just sitting at own five, and really, it, it's like, I mean, I think they, they had like a two or three point loss to Calgary a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and that was really the closest thing they've had to a win. And so it's like, you know, that's really that's really what defines their season right now. They lost to a backup quarterback, Calgary, who Calgary is a good team, but also lost a lot of their defense as well. Yeah. Toronto just doesn't have the team that they've had in the past. And so ultimately, I'm going to do this like high school football. If I had to say right now, you're just going to see Winnipeg and Hamilton in the Great Cup, and you're probably going to see Winnipeg take it all. Yeah. Through six weeks, I'm saying this. I could see that. Quick question. So back to the NFL. I hate to bring it. Go ahead. Into this. 
NFC champion, AFC champion. Who do you think has the best shot? Oh, this is preseason, so it's tough. Um, Out of the AFC. It's hard to pick against the Patriots again. Yeah. In the NFC, who I could maybe see somebody doing well. I would it, really love to see Kansas City win the AFC, though. I would, Yeah, because you have Patrick Mahomes there. Really great quarterback. Um, but from, from the NFC, it's hard because, I mean, you could see the Rams going back, Jared Goff leading that charge. Uh, and But, you know, out of the teams – Drew Brees is really going to have to not let his age be a factor. Yeah, he's, he's getting old, and that's the biggest issue. Now, they have a team around them that's really good. I think Sean Payton's obviously a great head coach, and um, their defense is good. And the, the team overall is a good team. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have uh, Kamara, who's done very yes. good for them. But, um, yeah, New, New Orleans, I, I, I would say probably if Drew, Brees, if Drew Brees is healthy, I could see them going and winning the NFC Championship. They should have won last year, but them actually winning it this year. And it it's either going to be between, I'd say, New England or Kansas City again. I don't see – I mean – Andy Reid, a great head coach in Kansas City. So, yeah. That was a short segment, and it needed to be. We're going to take a break when we come back. We're going to get away from the football. We're going to talk a little baseball, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the trips we had from this past week, but we're going to try to do it quickly. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll be right back here on the Nolan Company Sports Podcast. Welcome back to the Nolan Company Sports Podcast. This is the Blake Tragic Martin uh, <laughs> bringing you some tragic news for the Texas Rangers who have now – completely destroyed their playoff chances almost, who are now fourth placed in the American League West behind the Los Angeles Angels. They're barely above 500, which is astonishing because they were doing so good only just two weeks ago. Uh, They got passed by the Athletics and now passed by the Angels. Um, No way the Mariners are going to pass them. They're 24 and a half games back. Don't say that. I don't 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 need to jinx that. that. Hopefully. I but uh, Ast- the Ast- Houston Astros, uh, the bandwagoners, uh, are atop the uh, AL West with 64 wins and 37 losses. Second best team in the American League right behind the Yankees. Of course. The, um, the Spankies. I can't stand the Yankees. Anyways, Dude, yeah. The Rays are falling off too, man. They're, yeah. not, they're now nine games back of the and Yankees. And so are the Red Sox, 11 games back of the Yankees. Man. Good Lord, the East is really falling off. This was a tight race just not too long ago. Of course, we haven't been here in a, in a few weeks. but Regardless. From, yeah. However, the Central is heated up with the Indians only three games back behind the Twins. Um, and moving over to the National League, the Braves by, are the top. By the way, I think we can officially write the eulogy for both Baltimore and Detroit. Yeah, I, we're, they're, they're way out of it yeah. by this point in time. They're eliminated. But uh, a few teams that you need to look out for, the Braves, uh, the Nationals, uh, are now six and a half games behind who used to be first place in the division. Uh, your Chicago Cubs are 54 and 45. Who, is Chicago? who in Chicago is listening to this? I don't know. Hopefully some of my relatives. Your Chicago be. Cubs. The Chicago Cubs are two and a half, two games above the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, and in the National League West, the, Dodgers the Los Angeles over. Dodgers are destroying the competition. They are a machine right now. And as I was telling Nolan in this break, my two favorite National League teams are the Dodgers and the Cubs. It, last time I rooted for the Cubs when they were winding, when they went to their World Series and won it. Well, they uh, played the next year, 
and the Dodgers well, yeah. won that one. Dodgers won that one. But um, I'm rooting for the Dodgers to win, uh, or if they play the Cubs, which is very likely at this point uh, in the and yeah, no uh, man, Atlanta, playoffs. Atlanta. We could Ooh. see the Atlanta Braves, man, have really, really come on strong. And man, this is a team that is gonna that I think could be in the World Series in a couple of years. Definitely, but we've talked about this quite a bit recently with the team that they've had. I mean, they've been um, they've been tearing it up recently. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I mean, I'll put it like this: my my favorite in this so far is probably the Dodgers. If we're looking at it right now, you might have Dodgers Yankees, so a classic World Series. If we're looking at records That'd be great. right now, but I hope the Dodgers beat the crap out of the Yankees. But uh, may, or, so. or maybe the Dodgers and Astros again. So um, that is, it's going to be an interesting, interesting deal. It is. Here. This is great. I just saw this in the West for second place. The Diamondbacks and Giants are tied. Their records are fifty and fifty at an exact five hundred. <laughs> That's great. That is oh. awesome. And the Diamondbacks are five and five in their last ten. That is great. That is oh. absolute greatness. But talking about some players for the Rangers as well, because we have to talk address this slide since we are from Dallas-Fort Worth, and the Rangers are both of our favorite teams. I went to the game on Wednesday night when they got the crap kicked out of them by Arizona. It wasn't even close. It was 19-4. to four. And literally the, the five people who were left in the stadium, we were wanting it to be 420, but they didn't score 20 runs. So we were like, at this point, there's no way they're coming back. We might as well just nice. try and get it. Nice, but, a, but a weed joke. A weed joke. Podcast. I'm sorry, but it would have been funny either way. But um, but the, the Rangers have had just the worst luck recently. Uh, you know they in that game they had to move foresight to shortstop. I mean you have, I mean you still have a good team around you. You have um, you know, Odor, um, foresight. Pence is still producing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cabrera is one who's really surprised me. I think he has the highest batting average on the team right now. Um, but this team is just awful right now, it, man. It, they, and that's the worst part about it is a few weeks ago we were talking about the Rangers being in second place, maybe having a shot at a wild card. They were in the wild card yeah. spot at the time. Yeah. Uh, but now they, they've completely folded. They've completely folded. And usually we'll talk about the Rangers doing well at the season and then folding in the last part. They didn't do well in the first part of the season. They're not doing well in the second part so far. This is just maybe just a blown season, which we've seen before in Rangers history. But it's very depressing because we look at this team, we look at all the talent that they have on it, you know? And the management, the only thing that's changed since the World Series, the two World Series they went to in the early 2010s, is that Nolan Ryan's not there and you have different ownership. That's it. But that shows you how Josh Daniels has mismanaged this team. John. John, not Josh Daniels. John Daniels. And then you he's, had them. He's very forgettable. Yeah. Or at least I wish he was. You wish you, you <laughs> wish he was. But, you, I mean, you fired Jeff Bannister. Obviously, Ron Washington had his issues there for a while. But, um, you know, I didn't think Bannister getting fired was necessarily justified, even though they had a bad season. I don't think that entirely fell on Bannister. I mean, the Rangers do not uh, – don't have it together at this point. And obviously we're talking about, oh, well, you know, they compete sometimes to the playoffs. I mean, they've obviously been to the playoffs a few times since those World Series wins, but they folded. I mean, look at the Toronto games when you had Jose Bautista and all that other stuff. I hate to bring that back up, but we look at how bad this has all been. 
And yet, you know, there's been no changes made. And, and that's what is the most disturbing to me. So moving on, because we're running out of time here. Uh, continuing with baseball, Blake and I both got to experience something. It was two separate things. But we got to experience something in our sports worlds that you really got a bucket list item crossed off your list. Yes. Me, not so much, but I still had a pretty cool experience. But that's still what you did. Yeah. I want you to go first because you have a cool story. With okay, this. so so I'm going to go first and Blake's going to go, and then I have one more thing to add on um, that's not baseball related. But, uh, yeah, so I, my family went to Tennessee this past year, uh, year this past week, uh, out in the Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville area, just outside of Knoxville. Yes. And I knew, you know, it's just my own tradition to find the nearest baseball team and go check out a game whenever I travel. Yes. The closest one to me was the Tennessee Smokies of the Southern League. They're the double affiliate for the Chicago Cubs. I bought tickets. Every single guy on that trip went. There was eight of us, I think. Mm-hmm. Six, eight, something like that. Yeah. All went to the trip. I'm going to tell you right now that ballpark was gorgeous. It's just on the other side of I-40 from Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg, just a 30-minute trip up the road from Gatlinburg. And like, it's literally, as soon as you cross I-40, you're in the parking lot, Yeah, pretty much. And it's so gorgeous. The gate is built on a hill, and then the outfield wall backs into another hill, and it's just trees, and it's, it's just gorgeous. And the, I mean, the summer breeze blowing through there, and the, just the way the sun went, the lighting that hit it, the sun went down is great. Summer breeze really, makes I'm me really feel fine. Tu- I really got in touch with nature, is what it was. <laughs> so I'd like to divert away from. I'm baseball. sorry, I had I had <laughs> to sing that. Um, I just it came into my brain. Um, my mom loves that song so yeah. much. I didn't want to think of it, but I did. Um, uh, that's Jason Mraz, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. it is. Um. Anyway, it, it was a great game, and at no point at that, through that entire thing did I think I was watching double-A baseball because both teams played great. Yeah. Some of the manager calls I didn't agree with. Tennessee really pulled their outfield in and played them shallow, and Mobile, they played Mobile, the Bay Bears, who are the double-A affiliate for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Anaheim Angels. Anaheim Angels. Okay. You're wearing the hat, so yeah. That's because of Tyler Skaggs. I know. Man, I, I forget. I forget. I'm sorry. God loves baseball, Blake. That is true. And when a player dies, I'm going to honor him. So, uh, you know, and it was a good game. Uh, Mobile got the first run. Tennessee came and tied it through, uh, midway through the game. And then Mobile got the last three runs of the game late in the game. Final score, six to three. It was a great experience, though. And if you're ever out there on the eastern side of Knoxville right there, and you don't want to go see Carolina single-A baseball, which I, which I believe me, I really did want to do, but they were all an hour and a half away plus. Yeah. Um, definitely go check out the Tennessee Smokies for sure. Great ballpark, yeah. great facility, great fan shop. I got a hat. I have to. You know me. I've yeah. got to get the hat. I wore the hat for the game. That was the only time I took the Angels hat off and wore another one. Yeah. Um, all August I'll be wearing it, though. I guaranteed. know you Trust um, me, I know. Uh, it, just just a great time. My, my roommate is a big Chicago Cubs fan, and I told him about the game, and the, it was the double affiliate. Yeah. I bought him a shirt. You know, it was really just just a great time. And so, um, and it was just, it was really special. I love double A baseball. It is I, great. I really love it. It really is. I, I, in some, some cases, I like double A or minor league baseball better than I like major league baseball because you can connect more. For actual fans, I think that that's almost better sometimes because Major League Baseball is just like big, you know, whatever that. Mm-hmm. And some people just go there for social events. Right. You see real fans at Minor League Baseball games. 
Right. But um, exactly. And and here's what I loved about it is I was sitting second row. Yeah. Just to the side, just just to the, down the foul uh, down the foul line from the Mobile dugout. In the first row are season ticket holders for Tennessee. And so I'm talking to them. I'm asking questions about uh, uh, from them. I'm just like, hey, you know, so you get a lot of Cubs fans down here, and they're like, oh yeah, especially if someone's on a rehab assignment. Yeah. And you know, and then you know, after the World Series year, Chris Bryant came here for a four game stretch, and yeah. this place was packed because they just wanted to see Chris Bryant. And so you know, it was all this you know stuff. Uh, Wilson Contreras has been through there. Everybody who's on almost everybody who's on the World Series Cubs team went through Tennessee at some point. Yeah. And so they all love the Cubs. And I even asked them who the closest market to them is. And they said it was, you know, either Kansas City or Atlanta. Take your pick. It's about four hours either way, um, which was mind boggling. But um, you mean Cincinnati, being, not Kansas City, right? Did I say Kansas City? I meant, Kansas Cincinnati. City. I meant Cincinnati, not Kansas City. Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, Cincinnati or Atlanta, take your pick. They're about four hours either way. Yeah, Kansas City would be one hell of a drive from Tennessee. Yeah. Um, pardon my language. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it was a great time, and so you got to see the much larger version of that. Yes. So th- this is an interesting story. So I got to see a bunch of family in Chicago. Whole great city. I love Chicago. Uh, did all the things, touristy things. Uh, great time. But co- cross another thing off my bucket list. So I've been obviously range the ballpark in Arlington or Globe Life Park in Arlington. Choose your choose your saying. Uh, but I've also been. That's one stadium that I've always been to since I was like four months old. The next stadium that I went to was Fenway Park, which I've talked about multiple times. Mm-hmm. Beautiful ballpark. Historical. My One of my favorites, if not my favorite. Got to see Wrigley this time. So I went and saw Cousins up in Illinois and then went to Chicago, went to the city. Me and my mom went. Uh, took the red line to Wrigley. The funniest thing, and this is a coincidence. Um, when I was at uh, Fenway, Darvish pitched for the Rangers. When I was at Chicago, he pitched for the Cubs. Huh. So at the two – Historic ballparks I've been to. Darvish has started both times. So went to uh, Wrigley. Wrigley's just in a small neighborhood, sort of like Fenway. Yeah. It's on the north side of Chicago. Uh, you see those buildings where the rooftop seats are. You you wouldn't know. You get off the red line, you turn around, there's a ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, they've updated a lot. But we get to the game. Uh, up to the seventh inning, nobody's scoring. Uh, really a good defensive game. Uh, Darvish is pitching well. I don't remember who was pitching for the Pirates. Um, but uh, – Doing well there. Uh, uh, bottom of the seventh inning, Chris Bryant hits a three-run home run. Uh, no, he, hit, he hits a two-run home run, and then uh, Hayward comes up to the plate. He hits another home run. So it's three to nothing, Cubs right now. <laughs> Go to the top of the eighth, Pittsburgh gets two men on base, hits a three-run home run. So it's tied again. Mm-hmm. We get to uh, – and then to the bottom of uh, – top. no, it was the top of – it wasn't a walk-off. It was the bottom of the eighth. Um, Hayward comes up again. It's the home run. Cubs win. Really – I'll put this like this. I got to give it to them. Uh, it's hard to tell who the best fans in baseball are. Now, I'm a diehard Rangers fan. You're a diehard Rangers fan. So you have great fans at and whatever Dodgers. ballpark and the Dodgers and a Dodgers fan. But you have your diehard fans, and then you have your like people who just come there for the game. We're the diehard fans. Everyone in Chicago stays for the entire game. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you had, they would be singing "Go Cubs Go" at the end of it, and like you know, great, great fans, a great baseball atmosphere. It, you know, out of a ballpark, I'd say Fenway's a cooler one because you have the Green Monster, you have that stadium that was built only two years before Wrigley, but 
it's such a neat stadium, but out of a fan base, Chicago, I mean, I've never seen anything really like it. It's, it's like, it's almost like a college football environment because everybody's so into it and so knowledgeable about it. Mm -hmm. And I'd say the same thing about Boston, but how long they stuck with that team, even when they were losing the lovable losers for the longest time, you know, they stick with that team forever. And um, I think that that's the neatest thing about Chicago. If you're going to Wrigley, I recommend it 10 out of 10. Also, before we finish the show, uh, congratulations to the class of 2019 baseball hall of fame. Of course. Uh, Mariano Rivera, Edgar Martinez, Doc Roy Holiday. Al- yeah, Holiday. Uh, who else was in it? I forget. Uh, crap. Uh, anyways, the rest of the class, sorry about our lack of knowledge. Uh, I didn't get to watch the entire ceremony, but those are some names that stuck out. Um, great, great, uh, great uh, deal, great players, and thank you for your contributions to the game of baseball. So real quick, I want to add one more thing to the Tennessee thing. On Thursday, I got to go play the most beautiful golf course yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. And my golf game sucks. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm a horrible, horrible golfer. That's okay. Um, literally, I – Seriously, if, if they had a PGA Tour for who is the worst golfer, I might win that one. Um, you know, I, I, I just beat out the three-year-olds. Just beat out the three-year-olds. <laughs> just beat them out. Um, but, uh, I mean, it was just just gorgeous. And so if you ever are out on the, that eastern side of Tennessee around uh, Sevierville and Pigeon Forge, um, definitely go. I, man, I wish I could remember the name of the country club. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just right there in the Smoky Mountains. Next time I visit family, I'm going there because Absolutely. a lot of family in eastern Tennessee and Kentucky. So. Absolutely. And and I'll, I'll find the name. And, I'll, and if anyone wants to know, tweet me, and I'll, yeah. I'll find the name, and I'll get it to you. Definitely. So favorite segment of the day, the best one in the world, Martin's Minute. What are we talking about, Blake? We're talking about Korean barbecue and my interesting experience with it. All right. Here we go. we got Martin's Minute on Korean barbecue in three, two – one. Okay, so when we're looking at foods, America truly is the best when it comes to food, just the food that we've made. And and people will argue for like diversity of it, and some foreign food is good. My two least favorites now used to be Indian food, but now it's also Korean barbecue because they bring out the most disgust. It's like you have to cook your own stuff. I'm like, I'm coming to a restaurant. If I wanted to cook my own stuff, I would have stayed at home. That's the point of a <laughs> restaurant. But no, they bring out this disgusting unseasoned like cow tongue and like all this other meat. I'm like, you didn't even season it. You're wanting me to season it. I don't even have any seasoning, okay? Do you want me just to bring it with you? Like, are you that unkind and bad of a host to not season my own food? I'll cook the food. Don't make me do both of it at the same time. I don't know if this is just one Korean barbecue shop or all of them. I've only been to one, but this was a very negative experience and it was disgusting. They're like, oh, here are many octopus. And I'm like, slice it up or something. Like, I don't want to eat the Tom. entire thing. <laughs> you could have kept going there for three I minutes. I could have. It was, it, was, it was not the best experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. That was great. Well, because of a time crunch, we're going to have a pretty short outro. I'm just Nolan because you can't handle the roof. That's the real Blake Tragic Martin. And we will see you guys later. It is July 22nd. Go follow us on uh, Twitter at Company Nolan, our company page. Check it out. Blake got, quote, signed by the, by the 19, 1983, 1983 Toronto Hotspur. Check Tot- it out. Tottenham Hotspur. Tot- you keep messing up city names today, dude. I can't feel my tongue. I think that's why. Um, <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur. Man, I'm a fan of that team, too. I Next week, I'm going to get drafted by the Atlanta Cowboys. <laughs>
<laughs> uh, I just did away with myself the way the Japanese used to. Oh no! For 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 disgracing the great name of the Tottenham Hotspur. Um, anyway, yeah, go follow us on Twitter. I'm at Real Nolan Ruth. He's at Real Blake Martin. Instagram, stay away from us. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of pictures we don't want other people to see. You can come and follow <laughs> me. I don't care, but it's yeah, you can follow mess. me too. But I'm just warning you now. You're not going to like what you see. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then. At Nolan Company on Instagram. Definitely follow the page for sure because that's where we get most of our sports stuff uh, sent out for sure. Uh, and we're I like to think we're a fun page to follow. Uh, so definitely go check us out there. Until then, guys, we'll see you next week. It'll be another Monday evening show, which means it'll be out and ready for you Tuesday morning when you go to work. So definitely give us a listen. Check us out. Tweet us. Reach out to us. What do you want to hear on the show? Let us know. We'd be glad to talk, uh, talk about it for you. Until then, guys. He's the real Blake Tragic Martin. I'm just Nolan because you can't handle the Ruth. Signing off. We'll see you guys later.